1: Oh, and welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm your host, David Reed, and joining me as ever is Mr. Marrick Larwood. Hello, Merrick I am your host. Yeah, sure. You're my host, and I'm their host. I
2: that's am your works. host. Technically, you're you're the I'm, you're hosting me as well.
1: Yeah, well, that's true because this is my flat. Yeah.
2: So, what, am I the wingman?
1: Yeah, you are the goose.
2: I am the guy. Who is a uh, there for a uh, moderate amusement, but you never want him to have total control.
1: That's right. That's right. So, who's another example of that? Um, uh, Donald Duck. <laughs>
2: Donald Duck,
1: you do not want him to have total control. God, he'd be a nightmare. He's, he, do you remember Donald Duck's actually quite angry, isn't he? He was often quite furious. Mm. He's got terrible rages. Never wore trousers.
2: I mean, there's a lot in common with me <laughs> Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dresses up as a sailor. That's right. Never wears trousers. Terrible rages. I mean, that probably... You, if you to say those three things, a lot of people would say my name. That's right. That's right. I'm Donald Duck's egg.
1: <laughs> so we, so his son. We're not here. To talk about Donald Duck. Uh, we're here to talk about films. And before we start in earnest, we should say that we are sponsored by her film project who uh, is an organ who are I should say an organization that uh, promotes diversity in films so if you're trying to get a film made or you're just interested in this topic then please go to herfilmproject.com and follow herfilmproject.com or if you suspect
2: your, your parentage may be may there may be one or more animals oh, i mean we've all got at least one animal the yeah, but human one. Animal. Yes, but one on um, very recent sort of one um, four-legged, right? four-legged animal in recent.
1: Is that is that even possible? I don't know what goes what goes on on the Isle of Wight, but.
2: well South centaurs made? on, we, weren't they? <laughs> that, think, yeah, yeah, probably, probably at some point. Did some the, point. Uh, did I mean uh, with the first centaur? Hmm do you think it was the man who had sex with the horse or the horse who had sex with the lady
1: oh it's so hard to tell the chicken,
2: that chicken for me this is the chicken and the egg
1: yeah um, I mean what this conversation has done is I was just looking up the film I'm about to talk about on uh, IMDB and instead I wrote Lady Centaur <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's not a film called that so if you are thinking of a film called Lady Centaur... It's available. Well, well her film project will be the perfect people to approach. you a lady and yep. a half animal. Would would it always still be... That must be the jackpot for the... The funding. Centaur's an odd
1: hybrid, right? Because it's half of one animal. Well, over half, like two-thirds of yeah, one and animal. Just, and this the most... Where difficult. the neck of the other animal would be. Like, yeah. if you did that with any other animal, that would be really weird. Like, imagine a human's torso and head where a duck's neck is
2: would, i mean i mean the duck clearly couldn't support that weight in terms of percentages could be crawling along with your human arms it should be a giraffe as the only one you could feasibly say that's half and half
1: that's true yeah yeah that is right or a snake they did do the it. snake is just a neck isn't it it's a neck with a mouth
2: what is the name of the of the monster which is uh a snake's tail and a human like Medusa a bit isn't it I suppose
1: which one which which creature are half you snake
2: about? half human is that a thing what was Medusa she was uh, she was a Gorgon, a Gorgon. so a Gorgon but she had hard. snakes for hair but wasn't she didn't she have a tail as well I thought I don't think so
1: I mean it's possible in some versions but I mean basically because of video games every possible monster has been imagined now of of animals with different bits of animals on them
2: well, um, what did you go and see <laughs> at the cinema?
1: I went to see Lady Macbeth. Um, now, this is not, as you'd imagine, the story of Lady Macbeth in the traditional sense. It is, mm-hmm. not, um, it is not the story of Shakespeare's Macbeth from the woman's perspective. This is based upon a novel of the same name, uh, or similar name, actually. I'm trying to remember the name of the novel but I'll look that up it's Lady Macbeth of somewhere or other and this is set in the uh, 19th century in the north of England so everyone has a Geordie accent and it's about a woman a young girl being married into a slightly wealthy family in this big manor house in the middle of fuck nowhere mm-hmm. and All the men are weird and, you know, slightly sort of... They've clearly never really had uh, actual friendships or relationships with women at all. And she's stuck in this house and completely alone. And uh, she slowly sort of exacts her will upon this family. In order to get her own way, so you, the parallels oh, really, with Lady Macbeth in the are, trailer,
2: uh, it looked as though
1: she was a sort of victim, sort of. You know. Oh, she is at the beginning, absolutely. Okay, yes, but that's what I mean. Like she is a she is a possession, a toy, a doll at the beginning, and she slowly enacts her will on this this family. Um, you will recognise some of the actors in this, although um, uh, probably only Christopher Fairbank actually, who. Uh, was in... Was it Alveda's own pet he was in? I think. He's in The Fifth Element and Guardians of the Galaxy and Alien 3. I mean, he's this guy. You Yes, yes, I recognise so. him. Um, who is the father of the family. But it's really about the actress Florence Pugh in this who plays Lady Macbeth. And she... Basically, she finds her agency in by having an affair with a stable boy and it spirals from there with the uh, the fallout of that and then what she chooses to do and blah blah blah. And she plays it brilliantly. Like she is so good at you. Is she new then this front? Well she seems young so I'd assume she's relatively new. I'm just looking her up. Yeah she's got seven credits on IMDb. She's in something called The Falling and then she's got two TV credits and then this so mm,
2: very, one to watch then absolutely
1: I thought she was brilliant and she you were you knew it, exactly what was going on at every moment and you felt for her every step of the way and that's what sucks you into the narrative of it um, and there was something weirdly refreshing about the fact everybody had um, a Newcastle accent so it wasn't here comes a comedy Geordie it yeah. just
2: it just made it its own world, even the um rich people
1: yeah yeah well they're the only people she she meets apart from a couple of servants you know, and one of them is basically mute um yeah the rich people have regional accents as they would have done you know um it uh, it's a really good film this it's a really really good film. My, if I had to pick a criticism, and I don't know why I always go here, but I always do. Um, I don't feel the story quite goes far enough in making itself something unique. But certainly, the storytelling and the acting and the cinematography and the music, the sound in particular, is excellent.
2: Um, it's,
1: it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like it's a properly
2: good independent film. Oh, I wasn't sure whether. Uh, yeah. It, from the trailer, I thought, is it good, or they just mishmashed this into something? Yeah, well, the it, title does suggest,
1: you know, it's just
2: here's the story of Macbeth, but from the
1: woman's perspective, which that maybe put. I think that could put people off. I think so too. Because I,
2: I feel like I've seen that film before, you know. Whereas well, I thought, and I thought, is it, is it, is it? Um, I thought it was a rehash of. Uh, you know taking lady macbeth's character putting in a different yes uh, that, you know do, like they do with
1: shakespeare setting it in a different time period but it doesn't really matter and uh, yeah yeah
2: it's an odd choice to have lady macbeth as such a huge you know uh, well-known character as the, as the title when it's not um yeah well i'm trying relevant.
1: to it's based on a novel called lady macbeth of mitsinsk district by nikolai leskov um and so it's clearly sort of inspired by the character of lady macbeth whilst... acting you know it's a it's a it's a a woman's eyes on a aristocratic is family is
2: she a bit like, like is she is there any uh, well in in the
1: that, you know she uses her uh, femininity in order to uh, try and get her own way and i won't tell you what happens from there um but it's not the story of macbeth at all uh, is it? A,
2: how would you classify this? Drama, period drama, definitely. It... But I think it's
1: actually a psychological thriller. Oh, really? Yeah, because it gets uh, things get fucked up quite quickly, and as as I say, it's a, it's a hypnotic watch. Everyone in it is brilliant. Ah, she, Florence Pugh was in a thing called The Falling. I've just recognised what The Falling is, which had Maisie Williams from um, oh, from Game of Thrones, but you may have seen that photo in, um, in yeah, film magazines. Yeah, I can't stand Maisie Williams.
2: She's one of the most annoying people in the history of time. Oh, God. Okay. I'm sorry. That's all right.
1: No, the, sorry, cinem- may- the cinematography in Lady Macbeth and the sound, as I say, is absolutely brilliant, and I think, I think you'd really like it, Marek. It's really good. It
2: does sound like a sort of film I should have gone to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a total punt, just in just what's on. Not much at the moment, to be honest, I'll watch this.
2: Ah, uh, well, I will try and catch that film. Yeah. i tell you what, though. What? It's time for... Yeah. Here's the out. Here's the letter. This my lost letter. This is from uh, Neil, mm. um, and well, I'll read it out to you because occasionally we do lose your letters because our filing system is basically just marking them off on Gmail, and due to human error, mm. things get lost occasionally, don't they? And we apologise to people anyway. Neil writes, "Hello, at the end of last week's episode." she's he's writing on the 22nd of May you mentioned my iTunes review criticising you for not reading my letter from 2015 well good news I've managed to find it so I've copied and pasted it here I trust you'll do the right thing and read it out once I retract my review and change from a one star once done I will retract my review and change to a one star to the two stars it rightfully deserves keep watching the films that is my problem you just lagged us off you slagged us off and called us arseholes on iTunes and then you said you're going to give us two stars we're so still slagging you off
1: yeah I mean Neil it seems like you want to lord it over us a bit and we can't hold truck with that kind of yeah, behaviour yeah I'm not reading really so, li- it uh, so so yeah we've put your letter in the bin again
2: <laughs> get fucked Neil I didn't write to someone and say oh yeah by the way I'm going to do a shit in your um, letterbox yeah yeah Anyway, here's one from Jules. Let's see. Oh, Jules, I say. love Jules. Jules, is the best. Go for it,
1: Jules. Okay, Jules says, "Hi guys. In response to your lack of letters, I was having a session rewatching a couple of recent favourites this weekend: The Slow West and Bone Tomahawk. Both really strong films, but also ones that have, to a large extent, slipped under the radar. The same goes for probably my all-time favourite movie, Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man." Do you guys reckon that solely as a function of being westerns, these are movies which are doomed to semi-obscurity? Technically, I guess it's a bit of an outmoded genre, but in all these cases, there's really mythic storytelling going on which can stand up against pretty much anything out there. Your thoughts? Are westerns, or any other genre for that matter, doomed to fail simply because they are westerns, regardless of content? Pity, there definitely seems to be some potential there. Keep watching them. All the best jewels now slow west and bone tomahawk are two that i've talked about in the past bone tomahawk i think is is absolutely excellent it's a brilliant character study western that turns into a horror and it's just got some great surprises brilliant cast it's it's thoroughly watchable and horrific uh, slow west is a very small budget western made by a british uh... director uh, starring Michael Fassbender. Um and it's a it's a quirky little odyssey film that has uh, also has uh, Men Bendelson in it as well who I I grow fonder and fonder of with every film I see him in. I think he's excellent. Um Slow West is very good as well. It's well worth a watch. Um I know what Jules means about westerns. I think I think genre movies generally don't really get the the backing Anymore because there's no guarantees.
2: I wonder whether. Certainly, is, I
1: used to hate westerns.
2: Yeah. Our generation, so basically anyone from the ages I think of 30 to 50, uh, probably the same experience, which has scarred my opinion of westerns, which was the relentless West- westerns on television. Sunday uh, for, mornings. yeah, the Bonanza, which I really hated. Yeah, all of the, w- the John Wayne ones, which were so slow and dull and they similar. They churned them out, and they're
1: all really shit. The so only good boring. ones are, um, you know, the Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns, and there's about four good ones, and they are, for all that they're beautiful pieces of cinema, they're long and slow films. You've got to really be in the mood for them. It
2: just it just basically reminds me of going to school waiting to go to school on a really depressing Sunday Mm. and watching something really boring and it's so ingrained in my brain of having to suffer that for every Sunday for about 10 years I'm exactly the same I can't watch them
1: whenever I would uh, looking through the channels on TV I'd get to one and be like oh god not, not another one of these it fills me
2: with this sort of depressed sort of dread yeah
1: yeah, me too. Me I, think too. That be, I think
2: that must be the same for literally hundreds of people. And yet, you know,
1: here are some westerns that are
2: genuinely well, I've great. i watched both of those and I th- they're both very enjoyable, particularly uh, uh, bone, bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk yeah. um, is there another genre you think does that? or I don't know whether it's... it's I
1: think sci-fi has turned off a lot of people... Uh, there were just plenty of people who will not watch a science fiction I film I think
2: sci-fi is quite a very wide sort of gamut really isn't it it's because it doesn't have to, have to be a space sci-fi it's not like a very be... accurate term anymore yeah.
1: like, like the, there is you know proper sci-fi which is sort of basically futuristic technology based what if scenarios and space opera which is no different to Lord of the Rings basically and there is a grey area in between Um and those are two entirely different genres. you know. One is actually, even though there's spaceships and, and technology, it's still basically wizards and monsters. Um, Both uh, decent genres in their own right, but very different. But it, it's just a thing that there are plenty of people who are just like, oh, that's for nerds.
2: Um, I think and we, not me, I'm not one of them. Well,
1: I am one of the nerds, probably.
2: Musicals have managed to reinvent themselves. That's interesting.
1: Bit. Yeah, plenty of people who just won't watch a musical as well.
2: Uh, but things like Sing Street I really loved yeah anyway here's an, here, Ben Emmons has written in hello again hello Ben and he's just written a good film and a bad film good film chronological order on Amazon Prime is bloody good do you know what I, what I mean when I say it's one of those crisp films the only other one I can think of like this is sideways the kind of film where you feel like you want to experience the same crispness the sound guy has managed to capture like a still warm evening with the sun on your back that probably makes no sense anyway it feels like a short film someone forgot to stop writing but in a very good way it's also a bit, a little bit like Napoleon Dynamite but without any of Marek's favourite whimsy I'm only halfway through but I'm loving it so much <laughs> I couldn't wait to send you an email I hope it continues to, to be this good or else I would like a right idiot I've not heard of Chronological Order no me neither but you know what it means about Sideways makes, Sideways love- makes you want to go and drink a really nice wine
1: um, my uh, uncle sent me a bottle of uh, wine from the vineyard in oh, really? as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: It just makes you want to drink that, and um, and like, when you watch films such as The Third Man and things like that so some films make you want to have a cigarette as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Chronological that, order, did you say? Yes. I'm just looking it up now.
2: Well, should I read the next bit while you look? Yeah, up, I,
1: it? I love the idea
2: of doing a film review halfway through watching it. That's a great thing. So the bad film Ben has talked about is Jupiter Ascending. Why is this not called Jupiter Rising? The line in the film is Jupiter Rising, and I'm sure it was called Jupiter Rising when it was in the cinema, but after some googling, it turns out it wasn't. I'm only halfway through this one too, but I can't go any further. <laughs> it's all cast and no script. I almost turned it one, off at one point earlier, but then Sean Bean turned up, so I, I continue with it a bit further, but even Ned Sharp couldn't save it. It seems like the Lukowski's didn't write this film but just cut out scripted scenes from other well known films and then taking them back into a big long jumble. Listen, you can't. Thank you, Ben, but you can't just end it halfway films halfway through. I quite like that, through. it's funny. Did you look at chronological order? Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I mean. What is it about? Well, the synopsis
1: sounds potentially a bit spoilery, but. A guy without many everyday worries finds a door floating in the ocean. And soon suspects he's being followed. He discovers that it is himself that is following him, and that the door allows him to travel back in time. I'm not going to read the rest of the synopsis because it's That sounds spoiling. great. It sounds fucking interesting. Has
2: it got a good mark on IMDb? Seven point one, so it's above seven. Yeah, above that's my what I do when I go on Netflix to look for the films. Anything above seven, I'll give that a go. But do you ever look at how many people have voted for it? Because if
1: it's over a 1,000 people and it's above seven, that probably means a little more than if it's four people. And the family have gone and Yeah, go, um, yeah. Um, one more email? Sure. This is from Alex Hod- Hodgson about Santony Hopkins. <laughs> Dear dog, writer and lumberjack, there, I've written to you. Happy now. On the last episode, you mentioned what a joy it is to watch Santa Santa, Oh, I see, it's Sir Anthony, isn't it? Anthony Hopkins, stony to his friends, do some subtle acting in The Remains of the Day. And it reminded me of a more recent and rather excellent film in which he gives another small performance. World's Fastest Indian is an amazing true story, another film Fandango favourite, about an old New Zealander with a fast old bike and a dream to drive it fucking fast. It's one of those films you'd describe as lovely. Maybe listeners uh, can can suggest some more lovely films, but would probably be a straight TV job without Santony's excellence. He carries the film, one for Marek to watch with his mum. Don't know if it's on Netflix or not, as I don't have it. Talking of which, you also mentioned Margin Call, which last time I looked was on BBC iPlayer. How about going on Amazon Prime Special, as I can steal work's account. But from what I've seen so far, it's entirely filled with fetid turd keep watching the films Alex P.S. last time I wrote in I mentioned how much I enjoyed the film Fandango subplot of Marek's Descent into Madness just wondering why you've dropped this storyline as he seemed a lot happier lately oh right are you happier do you think is that uh, well I-, I have to say you do come in and, and, uh, and with less doom and gloom than you used
2: to yeah I mean I was, g- I was having a very bad year last year thinking f- I mean I'm glad that's brought my pain has brought people pleasure
1: well, at least, you know, you're telling your story. I mean, that's, that's nice. Influencing people's lives.
2: Um, I have seen... Margin the, Call. I've seen Margin Call, but I've also seen... I talked about before, The World's Fastest Indian. Yes. The World's Fastest Indian is a film that, over the past five years, is always on ITV right. in the afternoon. It's that perfect... Because it's that perfect mum's film with no swearing in that's quite good that will sit happily in that spot. Mm. And they, so I, I've seen bits of that. It seems to be a, a point where every three or four weeks I turn on the television and the, the world's fastest engine... Because w- uh, w- cool. I
1: miss out on these things because I just don't watch television anymore. You know
2: what it used to be? Daryl used to be the one data analyst. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That used to be on the safe Saturday afternoon film. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Flight Navigator was on yes. for about five years. There was a I think of Window when it was
1: uh, Romancing the Stone? Yes. Was on a yes, lot. Yeah. Uh, you don't see it anymore, do you?
2: I love those films, that and the Nile. But at the moment, well, maybe up till recently, The World's Fast Indian has been on. I've, I've watched the whole thing and I've watched it 10 minute and 20 minute bits <laughs> of it. I don't know if I think it's amazing, but Santony um, Hopkins is very good, isn't it? Santony. It's just non offensive. Sometimes that's all you want in life.
1: It is. That's true. I read a thing this morning. I think it was on Total Film's Twitter feed.
2: Was it this morning? What the hell yeah. Are you doing? We have people. Well,
1: Twitter it's just feet. on my feed, isn't it? But it it said Gremlins came out on this day in 1984. I was like, Gremlins is a Christmas film. What's it doing coming out in? Uh, Was
2: it a release that was after a UK release? oh maybe that's it. Because it was the same day Ghostbusters came out in the States, I know that. okay, it might have been late because we did get the films three or four months after, didn't we? There
1: used to be a massive delay and then a year and a half before they come out on video.
2: No, it all happened so quick. So quick, innit? Right, have you been to see a film? I um, was speaking to my nan on the phone. That's not a film. No, it should be. Um, and then I said I was going to watch a film, an old black and white one, and I was talking about the films that were on Netflix, I think. A film I've never seen, although I have, it has been on television quite a lot, like The World's Fast Indian, yep. is The African Queen. Yes,
1: The African Queen's a classic, isn't it? The African Queen being the name of a boat, not a, a queen.
2: Yes, I mean, I have... I've seen Casablanca mm. and not really many other Humphrey Bogart films. No, me neither. a bit of an anig- enigma for me. And
1: he looks very different in The African Queen as well, doesn't he? Because he's got that sort of perma-tan. Yeah, and...
2: he, 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 died, well, he died six years after, so he's towards the end of... Um, well, I suppose... But I, yeah, I've seen The Big Sleep and The Maltese Falcon, but I've never really been... Enamoured with Humphrey Bogart, or understood why he was you know. so adored. Yeah. Yes, and I think this film was the first time I, I could see his charm, and it, I really enjoyed his performance. So, what uh, the, what the story is for those of you who don't know, most of you will. It's in uh, World War One in Africa, and uh, Catherine Hepburn is running. Um, a sort of missionary service with uh, her brother, played by Robert Morley, who's quite a distinctive. Man, he looks a lot. He often plays sort of quite. Um, oh yes. officious uh, British people. He looks a lot like an egg, <laughs> but all the best actors do.
1: They do, don't they?
2: And, and uh, the Germans come and uh, take over the area in Africa. I can't remember what it is where. They're working, um, and so they decide to escape the Gulf in his boat. They come with the idea that they're going to sink the German destroyer that is in the sort of lake or or some sort of bay. Yes, by um, weaponizing the, the African boat, Queen, the African Queen into a sort of torpedo. Yes, and it is just two characters in a boat. Getting lost and encountering various difficulties uh, as they uh, travel towards try and find where this German destroyer is and try and attack it.
1: It's interesting you you bring up uh, the African Queen because last week when I was talking about Rambo, I wonder if that was influenced by the African Queen. Oh, really? He he he's just a, a sort of. Oh, he was Small a guy well. who runs his own boat, and then he uh, meets a woman, and then they try and take the baddies down because he's he he hasn't been getting involved, and it's her influence that makes him think that maybe he should. Um, Rambo maybe is uh, Sylvester Stallone's remake of the African Queen.
2: Um, yeah, but what's what the success of this film mm. is? What it's an hour and forty-five minutes long. It doesn't feel like that. It, of which is most just two people on the boat arguing and chatting, yes. and the character of the boat. Humphrey Bogart is very charismatic. He's just great, and Catherine Hepburn is great. They're, and they're both... They're not the traditional leading man and leading lady. They're both quite odd characters. She's a sort of prim and proper mm. uh, missionary, and he's just a sort of quite haggard, smoking, drinking, uh, postal delivery bloke on a boat who doesn't really... Care much about anything? And he was fifty-two when he made this. He was fifty-two when he made, and apparently, um, he. Everyone was sick. Uh, Reading really the making of it, when they start, they. The very the, the opens in the missionary, and there's all the sort of tribesmen all sick trying to sing, the, the the hymns. Yeah. And Catherine Hepburn's playing the the piano. Apparently, she had to have a bucket by the piano because she was vomiting so much Gosh. in the scene. And Hamburger was one of the only ones who didn't get sick because he drank so much gin out there. <laughs> but nothing else could survive in his stomach. <laughs> the mosquitoes didn't get him.
1: That was the way they used to do it uh, back in the days of the Empire is you just needed a high enough alcohol content that yeah. nothing, can, nothing can survive apart from the human. Um, interestingly as well, or perhaps not interestingly depending on your point of view, um, the German officer in this uh, who is... Uh, uh is played by the german colonel from a lower low. Oh oh, really? Yeah. Which um, <laughs> is just like oh he's just had a he's had a career of playing Oh Richard Gen- Manning yeah. yeah yeah playing german officers.
2: Wow. I and mean, if it was related how he got the uh, job
1: or maybe we could argue that the african queen is
2: a film prequel. film spin-off of a lower low. prequel to a lower low. Yeah. Um so uh, Kevin Hepburn I think H- Hafford won the Best Action, um Oscar Kevin Hepburn was nominated I think John Huston was nominated for Best Director for it it's just really good and I never got around to watching it because I thought it was boring but as I get older I quite like watching these films where in my head right, I thought this is a really boring traditional film but the, the lead characters aren't traditional they're you, really interesting and their relationship is really interesting you find you find sort of just, just charisma,
1: more entertaining as you get older. I think
2: slower, and nothing had to be. Nothing had to be huge. It's yeah. just him going in a boat across Africa and then
1: risking something yeah Yeah.
2: the one day equivalent would be oh we have to have some sort of chase or they're about to die on every single occasion there's some huge sort of weird snake attacking them it would have to be everything would have to be really big rather than and it would have to be to save the world as well at the end yeah and it's quite soothing I found it really I tend to watch a lot of old films um, because the pace of it is slower and is it more of a relaxing watch? You yeah. come, you think, you, you feel as though even the dialogue's slower. The whole, all, there's not as many cuts in the actual film itself. It's not jumping around yeah. so much, and you just generally feel more relaxed watching it. I mean, I am sounding like an old man, but I just there's a reason why this is a classic because it's really enjoyable to watch so uh, I thoroughly recommend I gave it eight, 8 between 8 and 9 it's a a really good film so the next time you see it on TV and you think oh no I'm going to watch that that's going to be really boring and dull I think you should give it a watch because Humphrey Bogart and Kevin Hepburn are both excellent
1: stone cold classics aren't yes.
2: um yes right
1: well well that's it for this week if you'd like to write in to us then please go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form there and also we do all of this for free so if you'd like to donate towards our running costs then please click the donate button on the same website and everyone who has thank you very very much Uh, we will be back more than likely next week fingers crossed keep Keep watching watching the films